Well, hello there. It is great to see you again, and welcome back to the latest installment of Through the Wealth Lens. I am your host and moderator, Ryan Ruff, and as always, we've got our star of the show in Mr. Hannes Grasher, International Private Wealth Advisor over at UBS. He's going to be jumping aboard, and we're going to be tackling another wealth management-related conversation. That's what we do here on the show. You know, in some past episodes, we've had different guests come aboard, share their expertise with the, you know, with regards to a specific wealth management topic, but today we're diving right back into the business owner, the entrepreneur. We're talking about a topic that really gets overlooked at times. So let me frame it up before we bring Hannes on here. We're going to be diving into that, that this topic that just gets overlooked, like I said, and it's that a majority of entrepreneurs and business owners, you know, they don't know to how, or rather it's not that they don't know, they're struggling with how to properly compensate themselves as well as some of the more valued employees within their business. This is a tough conversation. It's a tough area to navigate within your own business. And we're going to unpack just this with Hannes today. So let's go ahead and bring him out. Hannes, it's good to see you this morning. How are you doing? Hey, Ryan. Uh, thanks. Uh, doing great here. It's good to be back. And yes, you know, very timely topic as people are coming back to the office and um, and talking about just the work environment, not just compensation, but just generally the work environment. So yeah, I think uh, really, I think it's going to be an interesting topic to discuss today. Agreed. I mean, it all comes down to making smart decisions about compensation. That's really that headline of our episode, as you probably see folks at the bottom of your screen. But Hannes, let's start as we typically do, kind of high level overview to get us into the problem at hand. Why would you say it is so important that entrepreneurs and business owners these days are making smart decisions about their own and then, of course, their employees' compensation overall? Yeah, sure, Ryan. So ultimately, the goal of any business is to turn a profit when it's all said and done and attain the level of success the owner or individual in charge set out to attain when starting the business. And in order for business to hit the level of success it, it is truly capable of, those who run the various aspects of the business need to be taken care of as well as motivated to perform to the best of their abilities. Any business can have extremely talented employees. However, they're, if they're not satisfied and driven to see the company succeed, it can easily be wasted and top talent may leave for greener pastures. We've all heard about the great resignation that happened during COVID and is still happening today, right? When millions of employees quit their jobs for various reasons, and they range from a shorter commute to spending more time with family or a significant salary increase offered by a competitor or just another company. And your business may have survived during COVID, but doesn't mean the challenge of keeping your best employees over. Sure, absolutely, Hannes. Well, in that same vein, then, even if an entrepreneur does understand the importance of a system of compensation and the system that they should implement, how do they really start that process and just get it underway to make sure that they're not, you know, just another, really another variable or another um, statistic within the Great Resignation? Right. No, exactly right. So now being able to implement such a system just doesn't happen overnight. It's really something that top entrepreneurs and business owners master over time. Often we see them use a process that involves the following steps. Number one, determine the size of the pot. It's crucial the entrepreneur knows how much money is ultimately available. And different initiatives result in different outcomes. So conducting Different estimates with different scenarios will have to be conducted to provide the owner with an idea of what will have the highest probability of success. Step number two is to determine 
who is involved and why. Specify the people involved in the business and ask yourself what they bring to the table. What can each person deliver? And then step number three, identify how valuable these deliverables are. How important is each deliverable to the success of the business or project? And while you ask yourself this question, simultaneously calculate the likelihood and value of the synergies to be generated while also determining the degree of redundancy in the venture's implementation. What will be the short, medium, and long-term consequences? And the next step we look at is, is determine the necessity of each participant or employee. You need to figure out who is vital to the project and who will not affect the project reaching the high level of success you envisioned when you began. At the same time, have a backup plan in case an individual of importance leaves. Step number five is the decision on what currency to use. While many people think that cash, when they, think, when they hear the term compensation, uh, it's not the only form of currency that can be used, although it's certainly effective. For our tech entrepreneurs, for example, issuing restricted stock options has always been a really effective tool to compensate and retain top talent for the long term. Now, as we have all experienced, many of them have seen their stock price tumble and those stock options are sometimes worthless. So as a key employee, you're looking at those worthless stock options and it makes leaving for greener pastures much easier. I, I just had a conversation with a client last week and he's a CEO of a publicly traded company that saw its stock price increase substantially during COVID and subsequently tumble. So he went through the steps we just discussed and increased the salaries of some key employees by 50%. He essentially knew that somebody else had offered them you know, such a raise, not quite as much. And then he also gave them a choice of how much they wanted to take in stock options versus cash compensation. And so as a result, he was able to retain some key employees who had one foot out the door. And other currencies we have seen successfully used are bartering services, providing introductions to others that may help that person become more successful. Finally, step number six is really the, the negotiating the deal. And the more effective you, effectively you negotiate, the more fungible the participants are. And the greater your leverage, the lower your cost. Oh, I, I love this conversation, Hannes. I mean, I, retaining that top talent so, so important these days when there are always greener pastures out there, right? So a, a big part of that employee, you know, retention and, and really elevation of your employees is, is that relationship that, you know, an entrepreneur has with them, those high value employees they hold. So in your eyes, Hannes, do you, could you dive a little deeper for us maybe on how successful entrepreneurs or business owners are, are really connecting and motivating their employees to perform well? So that way, not only does the project's success get elevated, but maybe the relationship to the entrepreneur and business owner itself also is on the uptick. Well, Ryan, as I mentioned before, there are several ways entrepreneurs can motivate the project participants. The most obvious, as I mentioned, is the salary or fee, which most people work hard for in order to justify what they're being paid. However, another approach that can be successful is to compensate participants based on the success of the company or project. For entrepreneurs, this is a way to share in the successes of the company, but also its risk. The entrepreneur will set the criteria for different participants where basing compensation on achievements 
serves as the most beneficial to you and them. Some common scenarios that we've seen that entrepreneurs will use are you know, people central to the effect of running of the company, providers who would otherwise be too expensive to engage, could be consultants, people who have strategic relationships that you otherwise wouldn't have access to, or people willing to partic participate in the potential upside of an endeavor. And this is referred to as long-term greedy. So entrepreneurs utilize high-value employees while mitigating long-term risks. Roger that, Hannes. And there are obviously a variety of solutions and methods that can be applied for a variety of different employees, you know, and the value that those employees bring. So that being said, are there any other tips of the trade that are, you know, uh, that are pointers even that you might be able to share with our entrepreneurs and business owners out there? Yeah, sure. So um, at the New York International Group, um, we generally discuss three guidelines that can help point entrepreneurs in the right direction. The first one is just stay flexible. As businesses and projects progress, they evolve along with the roles and importance of different participants involved. Top business owners will often adapt and restructure the business compensation to fit these needs. And this requires a constant eye on the changing value of deliverables or projects. Um, second one would be, you know, remember that most people think they're more important than they are. Uh, and working with intelligent and successful individuals can often come with big egos. And remember to distance yourself from the hype that comes with promoting these big egos and risk buying into the pictures they'll paint of themselves. Uh, number three would be to always prepare a backup plan. plan. So some comp negotiations become untenable. You can offer X, but the participant will only accept X plus Y. And a successful business owner will work hard to point they are not solely reliable on any one person. Always have a pinch hitter ready to go in a scenario like this. Yeah, very, very important to have a backup plan. I feel like that's a recurring theme here on this show, Hannes. Um, but hey, look, Hannes, could you, you know, you had mentioned an example of having a similar conversation with a client of yours recently. Would you, would you be able to maybe also explain or describe a situation where an entrepreneur maybe utilized what you had just mentioned, those three big points, um, and, and really leaned into some of those strategies, strategies that we've kind of been discussing as a whole today? Certainly. So we, we recently just had a planning session with an entrepreneur who had grown his business by over 2000% in the last two years. Another smart, astute business manager who successfully adapted to the changing environment during COVID. And he was approached by several strategic buyers, which prompted him to think about his exit strategy. He had just spent, you know, 10 years building this business. And so he decided to rent a former CFO who had experience with mergers and acquisitions to help him run through various scenarios. He was also very aware, or he became aware during this process, that he was the key salesperson for his company, and he didn't really spend that much time on the operational and financial details of the business. He knew that his company would be in trouble or suffer if his full-time CFO left. He also identified other key employees that were instrumental in the success of the business and offered them a substantial bonus that was tied to the sale of the business, which he projected to be in about five years. Now, these employees are now all pulling in the same direction, and the uncertainty of what would happen to their jobs in the event of a sale is removed. And, and also, you know, they, they feel they really have a stake in the success of the business, and they're just a lot more motivated. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's a lot of information to unpack in that scenario there, Hannes. And but it's obviously a great story that that so many entrepreneurs and and business owners out there can relate to or or really learn from to improve their own situations. And, and Hannes, that in that same vein, if anybody out there in our audience today is sitting there thinking about you know, how some of these strategies might apply to their businesses or, or, or maybe they're going through and, and experiencing a little bit of that great resignation, losing some of their valued employees. And maybe they need to just start talking to another party and, and implement some of these types of strategies that we talked about today. What would be the best way they could get in touch with you and your team to just open up a dialogue and see, see where your, you know, uh, you know, where your solutions and thoughts would, would fall into their, you know, into the world, in their world, that is. Yeah, sure. So UBS has a really tremendous institutional knowledge and assets for business owners that we share with our business owner clients and, and entrepreneurs. And if you would like to discuss today's topic or any other issues concerning selling your business successfully, you can get in touch with our group. Uh, our number is 212-713-8952, or you can email me at hannes.grasher at ubs.com to get the conversation going. All right. Awesome. Well, Hannes, look, you're a busy guy. You've got a lot of clients to serve. We'll let you get back to doing that today. But I appreciate you jumping on and talking about this, this really interesting topic that's just often overlooked by a lot of entrepreneurs out there. But it's worth, you know, us chatting about it here on the show to get those entrepreneurs, get our audience members thinking about it, talking about it. And of course, uh, you know, enacting maybe some change within their own organization. So thanks for being with us today and uh, looking forward to being back with you on the next one. Thanks, Ryan. I'll see you soon. Alrighty. Thanks, Hannes. And hey, as always, we're going to take one final moment and say thank you, of course, to the audience for jumping aboard and hanging out with us here on the show today. Do us a favor. If you took anything away from today's conversation, you know, you benefited from it in any way, shape or form, go ahead and subscribe to the show, whichever platform you checked us out on today. And then, of course, share this information with any friends, family, business owners, anybody that would benefit from these types of discussions. I've probably said it before on this show, but I'll say it again. We're taking the same strategies, the same solutions, and ultimately just conversations that Hannes is having on a regular basis with his clients over at UBS. And we're bringing them right here to you guys on this show. That means we've got a lot of great conversations packed in past episodes as well as future episodes. And we want to make sure you're subscribed to the show, whichever platform you checked us out on today. So that way you're never missing a new episode when it becomes available. So for Hannes, though, I'm Ryan. We're going to go ahead and say so long today. But we appreciate you guys stopping by and being with us on Through the Wealth Lens. This communication is intended to be used for educational purposes only and does not constitute a solicitation to purchase any security, insurance, or advisory service. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. An investment in any security involves significant risks, and any investment may lose value. Refer to all risk disclosures related to each security product carefully before investing. This commentary is for informational and educational purposes only and should not be relied upon as investment advice or the basis for making any investment decisions. The views and opinions expressed may not be officially those of UBS Financial Services Incorporated and the firm does not verify nor guarantee the accuracy or completeness of the information presented. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients, UBS Financial Services Incorporated offers investment advisory services in its capacity as an SEC registered investment advisor and brokerage services in its capacity as an SEC registered broker dealer. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways, and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. 
It is important that clients understand the ways in which we conduct business, that they carefully read the agreements and disclosures that we provide to them about the products and services we offer. For more information, please review the PDF document at UBS.com slash relationship summary.